And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT The Brick Show. Which team, by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT The Brick. Hour number two of the show, JT with you as we continue on on an exciting day. Raiders left tackle Colton Miller signs a contract extension through 2025, 42 plus million in guarantees. How great is that? Uh, so they are locked down at left tackle. What do they do in the draft at right tackle? We're heading into the NFL draft in 30 days, and all of that coverage will be right here on Raider Nation Radio. Connor Rogers is going to join us here in about five minutes. He's from Bleacher Report. Really good at draft analysis, and he watched a lot of the pro days today, which I did, so we're going to fit him into the show. Coming up this hour, brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. You know when I talk X's and O's, I have a Remy Martin cocktail in my hand. Remy Martin is a proud partner of the Raiders Tavern that they're opening up tomorrow at the M, which will be tomorrow afternoon. So love the fact that our partners are partners with the Raiders, partners at the new Tavern and Grill. Really cool synergy here on the show as our number two is brought to you by Remy Martin. All right, a couple of quick things. Vinny Bonsignor, is, he just tweeted this out. He's on the conference call that Roger Goodell is having. So the owners' meetings are going on today and tomorrow. And we're going to have a couple of guests to recap that. Vinny just tweeted out four minutes ago on a conference call with Roger Goodell. Goodell says he plans to have full stadiums in 2021. That's this season. Also, Vinny, uh, 10 minutes ago, per a source, the NFL is planning on going ahead with OTAs as regularly scheduled. Remember, the league canceled all offseason activities at team facilities last year which is a big story. And the breaking news story today, which is big, is that we have a 17-game season coming up at Allegiant Stadium. The extra game will be the Chicago Bears. And as Vinny reported, 17 games spread across 18 weeks. That's a pretty good topic this hour for you to talk about on a lot of fronts. First off, the big topic is only one bye week and an extra game. How do you feel about that? I don't know about that with the Raiders because as pro Raiders as I am and as badly as I want to see the Raiders win, uh, the problem with the Raiders is the availability of players who get hurt. So if you add another game, how does this affect the Raiders going forward? I don't have the answer to that. It's a big question. But, you know, a lot of injuries are flukes. A lot of injuries are flukes. Players are healthy. They get injured on a collision play. You can't prepare for that. But John Gruden needs his players to be available more so in an 18-game, excuse me, 17-game, 18-week schedule, period. Now, the other side of the story, which I think is very important, not as, not as important as wins and losses because that's what we're all here for, but the fact that Las Vegas gets an added weekend of three days. Allegiant Stadium was built on the backs of Mark Davis and his vision and also the tax here that we're getting from the hotels and the ability to pay for it that way, something that Oakland could never imagine doing and other cities couldn't do. And I think it's a win-win. As I said this when the Raiders were in Oakland, when they were thinking about Carson, I don't care about any of this. I just want a brand-new stadium. All right, I just lucked out that it happens to be where I've lived the whole time in Vegas. But we have a stadium in Vegas now that needs to be paid for. 
and a lot of it's going to be paid by people coming in, staying in the casino resorts and all the properties here. And this is a big deal that the Raiders will have an extra game every other year at Allegiant Stadium. So instead of eight home games, it'll be nine. And think about that if you haven't been in the stadium yet on a tour. When you think of an extra game of sold-out 65,000 fans, these fans who are coming in for a Sunday game are checking in on Friday and checking out on Monday. That's going to put a lot of money into our economy, restaurants, bars, casinos, rent-a-cars, the airport, everything. So if you own a business in this marketplace, you got to love this, that there's an extra weekend. I mean, in Vegas, we can't wait for the rodeo and EDC, and you look at all these, life is beautiful. And whatever it is, it's a big convention here in town that we get up for. Well, this is like an extra convention on steroids, a Raiders home game against the Chicago Bears. So I'm really excited about that. Personally, I'll be hosting 17 games home and away with the Raiders in three preseason games. That's 20 Sundays that I'll be working for the Raiders and this flagship radio station, which is a blessing. I'm really humbled by that and happy to do that. So all of this to me is a win-win. We'll have more on the owners' meetings coming up here. If you'd like to comment on Colton Miller's contract extension, I think we should today. It's a pretty important day for Colton and his family. He's the first Raider to be drafted to be extended, to be extended since Darren McFadden, who I saw recently. I mean, that is a long time where the Raiders have not been able to draft a player and then sign the player to a second contract. Colt Miller breaks that streak, which was a pretty bad streak. And the fact that they lock him up before some of the players in his draft class, including Baker Mayfield and others, I think shows the Raiders' commitment to that young player and what he means to the team. Now, what do the Raiders need to do in the draft? Uh, That's something that we're really focusing on now. Because the Niners decided to trade up to number three, which I really think did the Raiders a favor. Because by them trading up to number three, what it means is is that we're talking about more teams wanting quarterbacks before the Raiders choose their pick at 17. The more quarterbacks that are off the board, I have four quarterbacks, possibly five. So I'm going to round it up to five. The tight end who in Pitts, who's incredible, and three wide receivers, which is nine, along with Penny Sewell, the best offensive lineman, which is ten. So the way that I see this draft is that the Raiders pick seventh. Follow me for a second. I know it sounds crazy. I believe now the Raiders have the seventh pick overall in the draft because they don't want the five quarterbacks. They're not going to get Penny Sewell from Oregon. Never possibility. Never a dream possibility. And they're not, I don't believe they're taking these wide receivers that are going to go, including Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase. So now the Raiders have seven picks in front of them to get the edge rusher, the linebacker, or the right tackle that they want. That, to me, is encouraging. Now, what do the Raiders do? Do they stay there at 17, or maybe do they move up to 12? I don't know. Do they move up to 13? Anything's possible here. But the Raiders are definitely going to get a very good player because all the quarterbacks are causing a traffic jam a monster traffic jam early in the draft that I'm hoping benefits the Raiders. But the only way it's going to benefit the Raiders is if the Raiders hit a home run with that pick. And believe me, they have to hit a home run. 
They can't come out of that pick going, oh, yeah, this is a guy that's going to start in a year from now. This is Damon Arnett who's going to play, but he really isn't a first-round pick, but we don't have a second-round pick for a corner, so we're going to take him early. No, 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 no. This pick at 17's got to be a beast, got to be a great player because they took Cleveland Farrell number four overall, and Cleveland's a good player. I have no problem with that pick yet. But he's got to develop into a pro bowler. He can't be a guy. You don't pick a number four and get a guy who you just hold on to for five years and then let him go when his rookie contract's gone. The Raiders at 17, I'm hoping, get a player better than Cleveland Farrell a couple of years ago who they took at four. Yeah, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going with this pick. And they got Yannick Ngakwe, who I'm thrilled about. All right, we have our guest from Bleacher Report, Connor Rogers, kind enough to join us. I haven't talked to him, but I've heard great things about him. There were a couple of pro days today, and we've been watching this. It was a busy day. Connor, thanks for coming on. I'm sure you were charting all these quarterbacks. How are you? Good, JC. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to talk about all these different quarterbacks today. Well, what's interesting to me is Justin Fields, a couple of the throws that you put up here and, and I, I take a look at what we can see overall with some of these quarterbacks I watched Mac Jones I wasn't blown away at all by his performance today but tell me what you're seeing early with these pro days and who jumps out to you well it's exciting when you have two guys throw on the same day because you could usually notice a glaring difference and I think when you start with Mac Jones today and then go to Justin Fields it was very obvious that Fields is no secret a different athlete running a four-four-four yes. on a, even a stumbled run, and Mac Jones is just not that kind of athlete. But the power arm and the ability to throw on the move from Fields was really on a different planet, and he's somebody that I think we've known for a while. He's accurate at all three levels. You know, a lot of scouts wanted to see uh, can he not underthrow deep balls, which I didn't think he did a ton of that in college, but I know it's something on the NFL's mind. And I thought he threw with a lot of touch and timing today where Mac Jones on the flip side with Kyle Shanahan in attendance making a tough decision with that number three overall pick kind of airmailed a a lot of passes. And I know not all his wide receivers were working out, which can make timing a little bit more difficult, absolutely. But I think when you look at it, Fields really, really impressive. Zach Wilson last week really, really impressive. A little bit probably the most compact and quick release and mechanics in this draft. We saw Trevor Lawrence very early before getting surgery on that shoulder. Once again, a big athlete with a big-time arm. This is a rare, I can't express this enough, this is a rare group of quarterbacks we have in the draft this year, and that's why we're going to get five of them, I think, in the top ten picks. Yeah, I think that's the whole reason, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, Connor Rogers joins us, comes in, knows this world really good from Bleacher Report, because with all of these quarterbacks, the run on them early – I don't think any of these quarterbacks were better than Mahomes at 11, other than Trevor Lawrence. I'll give that to Trevor Lawrence, but Mahomes is a generational talent. And then I keep telling our audience with Lamar Jackson going last pick in the first round to 32, I'm saying, God, he, you know, Lamar is so much more gifted and talented as a runner than Mac Jones. But it seems like all the GMs and scouts are saying, if we don't get our quarterback now, we're not going to get him next year. Is that kind of the backstory going into this class? Yeah, usually teams are about two classes ahead, right? So they're working on this class, and they have a good rough outline of next year's class. And I always try to stay in rhythm with that, at least with the quarterback group, so you can get inside their minds. And, J.C., that's why you have a team like the Niners. They're willing to trade three first-round picks to go up and get one. They're not taking Kyle Pitts 
at three or an offensive lineman at three, they are going after one of these top passers. And I think when you look at it, sure, next year a lot of people have eyes on Sam Howell from North Carolina, but I still think he has a ways to go. He's kind of a Baker Mayfield light right now on his best days, and he'll develop. But when you have five in this class, now I think Mac Jones is in a tier below those top four. I think Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields can really, really be special players as athletes and passers overall. But teams are all over it, and it's making for hard decisions. We know Jacksonville, the Jets, and now the Niners are going to take quarterbacks one, two, and three. But Atlanta at four, they restructured Matt Ryan's deal where the money spread out the next couple of years, but they're still sitting there. Arthur Smith at Justin Fields Pro Day today, head coach of the Falcons. They're going, do we take a guy now because this class is so good and do a draft and stash where he sits a year or two behind Matt Ryan? Do we have to capitalize on this moment, on this class? And they're not the only team thinking the same exact thing. We, we have more trades on the way coming up into this top eight picks. Connor Rogers is our guest. Great job at Bleacher Report. Follow him at Connor, J-R-O-G-E-R-S. So tell me about uh, the BYU quarterback, Zach Wilson, and what he has. Because the freak show that he put on with a couple of those shows, I don't think they were a lot different than Fields and what he was able to do. Everybody wants to see these guys throw against their body and how they're able to pivot across their body and throw it like 60 or 70 yards, and a handful of guys can do it now. We saw Kyler Murray do it. He went number one overall. So these freakish throws outside the pocket, tell me what he can do. Yeah, it's insane, and it goes back to last year when a lot of teams were debating Tua Tonga-Vailoa versus Justin Herbert, Herbert being the bigger-armed player. Tua, people thought, were more was more polished, and we saw just a one-year sample, but Herbert was a megastar. So Teams are more willing to bet on traits more than ever these days at the quarterback position, and Zach Wilson is just full of them. And I think when you really look at this class, I talked about how great it is. He has the best ball placement, at least on vertical throws, out of anyone, including Trevor Lawrence. That's how consistent of a thrower he is, pushing the ball in that 20-plus yard range. And some of the throws that don't show up in the stat sheet are the most impressive, just because he deals with a lot of wide receiver drops or players that aren't mm-hmm. going to be drafted at wide receiver in rounds one, two, three, or four. So Zach Wilson, really good athlete, came in bigger than people expected. He came in heavier than Trevor Lawrence, even though he's four inches shorter. He's a little over 6'2", 214 pounds, compact mechanics. Once again, can throw on the move. When they cut the field in half, uh, he just doesn't lose any velocity on his passes. He doesn't need to set his feet. He doesn't need to throw with his base. The off-platform throws are really, really special, and he's willing. There's no throw on the field that he thinks he can't make, and honestly, most of the time, it works out for him. Great conversation with Connor Rogers as we wrap it up. So my favorite topic is for all our listeners that don't have a quarterback or and they're not going to get a quarterback. They already have a quarterback, and now we're looking at Who's going to drop? And I look at Kyle Pitts, and I look at all the edge rushes, Micah Parsons at linebacker. Those guys could have went higher. And now because there's a run on the quarterbacks, they're going to drop down a little bit. And I think there's going to be a lot of GMs and scouts in the first round going, really? Blank player is available at number 11? I had him off the board at number 6 or 7. Or blank player is available at number 14? I thought he was gone at number 12, and they're going to want to go in and trade up. Do you sense that could happen, or is this first round so deep that every team that has a first-round pick should just stay at home and they'll get a great player because of the run on all the quarterbacks? No, I think you hit the nail on the head. There are blue-chip players in this class that are different than everyone else. Now, I went over the four quarterbacks with you that I think fit that mold. 
But you got Penne Sewell and Rashawn Slater. They're the two clear-cut top offensive linemen. The wide receivers, Jamar Chase, I think he goes fifth overall to Cincinnati. Then Miami at six. They got to decide, decide between Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Kyle Pitts. I know they hope Jamar Chase is there. So four clear-cut great, great, great pass catchers. Who out of those four is going to fall and what teams are willing to move up to go get them? I think that's the big question a lot of these teams have right now. So I think those guys, and then, of course, Micah Parsons. So if you're Cincinnati, Miami, Detroit sitting there at five, six, seven, I think Denver, Denver or Carolina will give you a call to come up for a quarterback, but you have to love the player that's going to fall into your lap, and that continues. You know, the Cowboys, everybody thinks, hey, they're going to take a corner because they need one so badly, and Patrick Sertain the second makes so much sense at 10. I don't know. It's tough when you have a player, maybe Kyle Pitts falls to them, and you have this freak show offense of Dak Prescott, Kyle Pitts, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Ezekiel Elliott with that offensive line. That I mean, that's just crazy, 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 right? So when you're looking at it, yeah, the team's sitting in the top 12, and that's why the Eagles were willing to go back from 6 to 12. They are sitting pretty right now. I agree with you. That's a really good point about the Eagles. The Eagles moved back to 12. They didn't move back to 22, 25. They're there at 12 because they know with this quarterback run that there could be a freakish player there. Hey, last one. Give me an edge rusher, one or two edge rushers that could really be game changers. They don't have to be developed. I believe if you take an edge rusher in the first round, he needs to come off the edge as a rookie and try to be a pro bowler. Are there a couple that jump off the page? Yeah, Jalen Phillips is the guy I think we'll start with from Miami. I mean, six foot five, great length, great explosiveness, uh, can bend at that size, has the strength to fight through double teams. I mean, when he was a recruit and going to UCLA, he was kind of billed as the next Miles Garrett. And because of injuries, he had a rough go of it there, got everything and put everything together at Miami. Great, tested as a great athlete, had a phenomenal season. He's a game changer at edge rusher. And if his medicals from his past check out, it starts with the Giants at 11. That's how early it starts. And the other one I'll say is Aziz Ojolari from Georgia, a smaller player but a real good powerful player with a good outside speed rush, uh, really does a great job of keeping tackles hands off of him. He real, When Georgia needed him in crunch time in the fourth quarter, the light came on for him. So those two guys are the guys that I see as edge pass rushers in round one that could step in and get after the quarterback right away. What's your backstory? I'm from New York, Long Island. I live in Vegas. I see uh, on your Twitter it says the shore also. I got my sister who lives in Ship Bottom. So what's your backstory? What are you doing next? Tell me what you do at Bleacher Report. I'm from New York as well. I think that's why you and I, we have, uh, we have clear-cut chemistry here, us Northeasterners. So, you know, it's, it's been fun uh, covering the draft and growing up here and staying in the tri-state area and you know, we're doing all three days live again at Bleacher Report. Did it for a couple of years with Chris Sims, Matt Miller, Adam Lefko. It'll be me, Adam Lefko, and a wide cast of different analysts this year. So covering the NFL draft and college football all year round, and, and hopefully uh, my Mets here in New York will turn things around as well. I look forward to having you on the week of the draft. Thanks for doing this, Connor. Thanks, JT. Talk soon, man. I really look forward to it. There he is, Connor Rogers. Fantastic. Always good to talk to someone for the first time, and they're really good. What a big show. Uh, Colt Miller signs an extension, and we had Peter DeBoer on to kick off the show, the head coach of your Vegas Golden Knights. That's what we do. We cover breaking news and the biggest stories of the day. Uh, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, for those who know Sports Talk Radio, you know who the franchise is. Hacksaw at the bottom of the hour. We have several minutes to take your phone calls on Colt Miller. We've had a few great ones from some diehard Raider Nation early in the show. 
So if you want to congratulate Colt Miller on that contract extension, uh, jump on board 702-365-9200. The NFL owners approve a 17-game season. This is such a deep story for Vegas. Vegas has never had a football season yet with fans. And guess what? Vegas is going to get their first season with fans and an extra home game. That is awesome. Now, it's going to cost you. <laughs> it's not going to be free, but you get an opportunity to go to another game. And for everybody who says, you know, I don't want other fans coming. Oh, it should be sold out. No, no. There's going to be plenty of fans from the other team coming. We're Vegas. We're Vegas. People want to come and see their team. Welcome them. Beat them on the field. Treat them with great respect. Do what they do in Green Bay. Say, hey, man, thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Thanks for the business. Be proactive with this stadium. It's going to blow people away. People are going to come to the stadium and go, man, did you see the Raiders stadium? Silver, black, white, nightclubs, uh, the torch, the lanai windows open. This is the best stadium out there. And for those who say SoFi Stadium is the best stadium, a quick reminder that that stadium is in Inglewood. And I've been to Inglewood. And I can tell you, Inglewood, you're no Las Vegas. Okay, so I lived in L.A. for 10 years. Yeah, I've been to Inglewood. I saw Rush in Inglewood at the Forum. I've had some good times at Inglewood. But I don't want to live around the block from Inglewood. Not my place. Not that there's anything wrong with it. But you won't find many people wanting to move to Inglewood. They want to move to Southern Nevada and Las Vegas. So I would rather have Allegiant Stadium than SoFi because SoFi is in Inglewood. We're in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. Justin Fields, wow, he ran a 4-4-4 in the 40. The quarterback for Ohio State ran a 4.44, and he stumbled out of the block. It was crazy. If you didn't see it, just go and search for it on social media. And it looks like a track star in the Olympics is running with no shirt on, broad chest, and he's a quarterback. Man, the position has changed. The position of quarterback has changed. you got to run the ball, and you got to run away and throw the ball on the run and be pinpoint accurate. That's how you make it in this league going forward. No doubt about that. And for Colton Miller... Congratulations, he's been nothing but a gem. If you exclude the play from his injured rookie time, the guy has done nothing but do his job well. On a winning team, he may have been to the Pro Bowl by now. Great signing. And also a great message to the others that if you play well, you'll be rewarded by Mark Davis in this organization. Play well and do your job And there's plenty of more contract extensions to come for the best players to play for the Raiders going forward. That's the way I see it. 702-365-9200. When we come back, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton and your phone calls on Colt Miller and his extension. And we really appreciate that. Hey, Bell Solar is our new partner here in their hiring. So if you're looking to get a job in the business of solar, Bell Solar our partner, and they're the best in town. They're hiring. 702-979-1277. 702-979-1277. We welcome Bell Solar to the JT The Brick Show.
This doesn't change his, any of his circumstances right now. I mean, you're still coming in here trying to lead this team. I told him how excited I was that free agency went a lot better than we anticipated with being able to sign um, a lot more of our own players than we had thought going into it. Uh, we still plan on him leading us and getting as far as we can with him. Kyle Shanahan, who was at the Mac Jones workout today. And Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners trading up to number three. JT, back with you. Brought to you by Grimaldi's, the best pizza in town. Five locations in the Valley. One of the great sports talk hosts of all time from San Diego, the longtime radio voice of the Chargers and the Seahawks, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, kind enough to join us. Lee, I hope you're well. I hope the offseason, which there really isn't one for you, is going well. How are you? Well, I'll tell you what, JT, I'm doing well. The country is doing better, obviously, with the COVID vaccinations. And what a busy time in sports on the eve of the opening of baseball season. you got NFL free agency in the draft is on the other street corner. you got the March Madness, the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs about to begin. So, yeah, we got a lot to cover. Earlier today, Roger Goodell said on a conference call he's expecting full fans, full fans in stadiums. Do you believe that we can move in that direction considering there could be a new wave coming because the NFL seems pinpoint focused on filling up these stadiums again? Well, it's it's interesting because I still think the key byword in any conversation about sports versus the virus, fluid, because things can change. But I will tell you, uh, you know, in San Diego, where I am based and live and operate, we're now at 25 percent vaccinations and we're like 70 percent of senior citizen vaccinations. And if you buy everything that's coming out of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, with the president indicating by May 15th there'll be enough vaccinations for everybody in America, and then they're going to start selling the excess doses uh, to the United Kingdom and the European Union countries. I mean, we're, we're turning the corner on this, but we still have to get needles into every arm, be they Democrat, Independent, or Republican, and we're not, not there yet. So I, I think if we push forward, we, you know, we, we could have this thing tamped down by midsummer. And that would mean NFL football stadiums open up. I do think our society is going to change, though, JT. I still think wearing a mask will be part of our life for the next calendar year. And I think the Mm -hmm. COVID shots for you, me, and every listener you've got across the country, that's going to be like a flu shot. I think that's going to be an annual thing. So we're making progress. We're not there yet. Hacksaw joins us. What do you think of the Niners moving up to number three? Clearly to get a quarterback, but now we got to guess who the quarterback is or will that quarterback be there that they want because the Jets are sitting there at number two. Well, you know, a couple dominoes fell already with those multiple trades that occurred. What Miami did, obviously, what San Francisco did, etc. But the Jets hold the key to this whole thing. And who knows what the smokescreen says Does the smokescreen say Zach Wilson, BYU, to the Jets at number two, which then causes a different domino to fall? That then causes Sam Donald to wind up going somewhere else. You still got the the Jimmy Garoppolo situation, and what John Lynch says today may have a very different feel a week from today as it relates to Garoppolo there, Garoppolo, New England, etc. You got the Cam Newton signing, he's in the equation. Got the whole Deshaun Watson situation kind of standing out there, yet yet to be solved. Don't think Russell Wilson's going to be traded. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of dominoes falling. San Francisco's going to take a QB at three. So the question is, Zach Wilson fall to them? And the question is, are they sold on Mac Jones at Alabama, who is pretty impressive today? Are they willing to gamble and maybe make a run at the Ohio State quarterback? Uh, although 
the history of Buckeye quarterbacks has not been very kind in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Does that scare some people away? Although I will say this, he put on a dazzling show today in Columbus at the Buckeyes Pro Day. So, you know, we're a month out from this, but, boy, there's an awful lot of things in motion. Hacksaw is our guest. Lee, let's move on to the evolution of the quarterback because we do have pocket passers. I watched Mac Jones earlier today. I was not that impressed with his athletic ability compared to Justin Fields or Trey Lance. It's obvious those athletes are much faster, more physical. I mean, Fields ran a 4.44. It's incredible, and he could have ran faster. What do you think from Russell Wilson to what we've seen? Justin Herbert blew me away with his footwork and his arm strength last year where now teams have to make a decision maybe go a year early and trade up like the Niners park the quarterback because we might not see an athlete like this come by for another two or three years well they're all rumblings are that the the quarterback group in 2022 is not gonna be very good so that's why everybody's moving moving the parts right now on the on the chessboard to try to get in position. I mean, we could have five quarterbacks taken in the first half of the draft. We'd have three quarterbacks taken with the first three picks. I think you have to weigh each guy differently. You know, you can have a great athlete like Justin Fields from Georgia and Ohio State, but is he the complete package? How different is he from Dwayne Haskins? And we know what a nightmare that turned out to be mm-hmm. for the Washington football team. Uh, is there anything wrong with having a, quote, game manager as your quarterback? And I, I use that term as I look at, and I've watched some videos of Mac Jones. I just think he's really a proficient, efficient guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a 67 to 70% completion guy in a great college football program. Well, if you put him around good players, maybe he manages games very well. Last I checked, Alex Smith managed games really well in the NFL. So, I just think you have to devise what you have on your roster. How would this guy fit? If you're asking Fields to come in to be your savior, then he better not be a 47% completion guy because he can run a 4-4, but can he throw balls? I mean, you know firsthand the horrors of quarterbacks who were great athletes, Jamarcus Russell, Vince Young, and all that. We all know how that, that, that turned out. So I think clubs need to be cautious that they don't get a blown away by 4-4 times and what a guy does on pro day. I... I maintain the video does not lie. And if you got 11 games of a guy doing a lot of great things against really good people, then maybe he's your guy. But don't get overwhelmed by what you saw in one day in Indianapolis as they did in years gone by or what you saw in a pro day this year in Columbus, Ohio, or somewhere else. Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, the legendary sports talk host, joins us. Wow, this Deshaun Watson case, 19 or up to 20 accusations here. And it looks like if he's trying to scrub his Instagram and – you know, it brings in Rusty Harden. You know the backstory with Rusty Harden and who he's represented in the past. I mean, this is an absolute mess for a kid who looked like he was a can't-miss and especially going to be the biggest name moved in the offseason. What are you hearing, Lee? Well, he can't, he can't be moved right now. I don't think anybody will touch him. I'm waiting to see if the NFL does an intervention. And they have asked for the documentation from Rusty Busby, who is the, the – the attorney representing the, the quarterback, uh, I, the league could pull him out and put him on the commissioner's exempt list, which would mean he can't be dealt. He would be paid. He would not be part of any offseason with the Houston Texans till the league gets to the finish line and makes a decision. You know, they, they did suspend Ben Roethlisberger for six, Ezekiel Elliott for six, for their involvement in sexual misconduct. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a couple different phrases. 
my left hand says innocent till proven guilty. My right hand says where there's smoke, there's fire. The fact that there are so many women insinuating this through legal course really scares me. And you just ask the question, how would he do this? Why would he do this? How did he think he could get away with this? You know, because now you got women saying that before he went into the massage parlors, he wanted them to sign non-disclosure agreements. What does not put him in very, very good light? So I, I think the next thing is, and I, I really deplore the fact that this thing is being tried in social media. i got a real problem with that from a, a credibility standpoint. But I think the next thing is the NFL does an intervention. They separate him from the team for April, May, June, July, till whenever training camps open, and that will give them a bigger window to sort and figure out what is fact versus fiction. But uh, this, this is not a good optic for Deshaun Watson. It's obviously catastrophic for a really bad Houston Texans franchise. It's not a good look for the league, too, because he's not the face of the league, but he's one of the guys near the top. Hacksaw's our guess as we wrap it up. 17 games regular season. I like it because I think it's good for local economies. What it's going to do for us here in Vegas with the Legion Stadium, SoFi lost a year in Southern California and then you're talking about hotel rooms, the economy, people working at the stadiums. I have no problem with this, Lee, but I know the players, not all the players are going to be on the same page with the union because it's a dangerous dangerous sport when it comes to health and wellness. Well, it is. And you know, the union makes everything a bargaining chip. I would like somebody to explain to me how the union signed off on giving the owners the window to invoke a 17th game without getting something of real significance as a bargaining chip back. And that significance should probably be 60-man active roster and expansion of, of the, the developmental squad. The wear and tear factor on a 17-game schedule is going to be tough. And the fact that they just approved this, and I don't know if this word's gotten out yet, JT, they approved this without going to an additional bye week. And, of course, still to come will be the expansion of the wild card playoff format. Now, it's all about dollars and cents, but there has to be, as you would say, some bargaining chip that uh, on the face of that bargaining chip says health and safety protocols. So I don't know that the union did the proper thing here, unless it was just a money grab for the union and guys were going to get an extra paycheck and then we're going to get – Bonus checks because the playoffs are going to be expanded. But, boy, the wear and tear factor on a 53-man roster is impossible. And I don't understand why it's not a 60-man roster, which helps a lot of people. Hacksaw, as we wrap it up, I've always been impressed with your topic development. And you look at the biggest topics. And all week for me, I've been struggling with these NBA buyouts because I don't think fans care anymore. I don't even think the media cares if certain future Hall of Famers or former All-Stars get bought out on the back end of their NBA contract, and they only want to play for the Lakers or Brooklyn, the two title contenders. I don't think this is good for the integrity of the league. If you're going to make a trade, make it before the trade deadline. The Lakers were going through a big bump in the road with the injury to Anthony Davis and to LeBron, and then all of a sudden they get one of the great rebounders of the modern era. Do you believe in this process going forward, or will Adam Silver have to change it in years to come? They're going to have to change something because this got out of hand years and years ago with, with the salary cap and the fact that the agents and lawyers, JT, showed up. And they started to create circumventions of the salary cap. And then you get, you know, you get mid-level ex- exceptions and you get trade exceptions. And the average fan doesn't pay much attention to this, but it's, it's all part of the salary cap and budget. The thing that bothers me is the players are calling all the shots in the league. There are no general managers in the league. It's LeBron James and it's the Kevin Durant's of the world that are calling the shots. 
And when, when we first had the concept of the dream team, and I think you and I might have talked about this a couple of years back, and when LeBron was taking his talents to South Beach, you remember that, that nasty press mm-hmm. conference, I really thought to myself, this is not good for the league because players will be dictating where they go, and suddenly you'll have five elite teams in the league that everybody wants to play for, and games in Sacramento and Milwaukee and Portland and a whole pile of other places just won't be very important. And those teams won't be able to compete with the mega teams. And here we sit in, in March of 2021, and what I projected four or five years ago has really happened. I just don't think it's good for the competitive balance of the league. But, hey, you stepped on the, on the toothpaste, and now it's, it's squirted out. How are you going to get it back in the tube? That's a problem Adam Silver's really got to address. With about a minute here, give me the World Series champs. You know I'm a Yankee fan. You're out west. The Padres are vastly improved. They're trying to chase down the Dodgers. Well, uh, if the Yankees keep the pitching staff healthy, and that's an if because you got the Corey Kluber history, you got new guys coming in because they let half their staff, including Tanaka, go. If the Yankees pitching staff holds up, I just think New York's got way too much. My dark horse, if the Angels' construction of this new pitching staff and bullpen can match what they got in their everyday lineup, and they got boppers, I think the Angels are a player in the American League. I think it's deathly what's about to happen at Fenway Park, just like it's deathly what the Cubs are turning into. And in the National League, until you beat them, the Dodgers, with a $254 million payroll and Trevor Bauer now on top of everything else they've got, the Dodgers are the team to beat. San Diego's going to be fun, but suddenly we're 24 hours away from the start of the season, and the Padres got pitching staff problems with starters four, five, and maybe their lead reliever. So it, it's going to be fun. It is a 162-game grind. I don't think we can take anything away from the 60-game schedule we saw last year because this is a very different aberration of a type season, and I think all we can do is keep our fingers crossed, no major injuries, and keep our fingers crossed, no COVID outbreaks. And I'd I know you can't mandate every player get a vaccine, but every player, be it baseball, be it the NBA, be it the NFL, should get, get a vaccine because you've got to believe in the science. Because, J.D., if you don't believe in the science and you get sick, then you're going to have to believe in the doctors who are trying to save your life in the ICU. That's the message every one of these athletes that believes in the vaccine mm-hmm. should be selling their teammates and all the other players and all the other sports to go get the vaccine to see if we can beat this thing. LeeHacksawHamilton.com. I look at the website multiple times a day for all my radio shows. Lee, all the best. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. My pleasure. You stay well, JTR. It's good to talk to you. Great. Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, one of the pioneers of sports talk radio. A lot of people often ask me, often ask me. You know, I got my start on the Jim Rome show, winning the smack off, the first one, the only one that mattered, the first one. And I wasn't listening to Jim. I was listening to Hacksaw before that. And when I, I came out west, as a former stockbroker, I came out west and I started listening to Sports Talk Radio because I landed in San Diego, the mighty 690. And wow, what a radio station that was. The lineup was incredible. And I just started calling in. And I remember sitting on hold waiting to get on Hacksaw's show. If I didn't go through that process, no chance i get into radio. Because if I'm not calling Hacksaw, I'm not calling Rome, then I'm not winning the smack off, then I don't get hired by the Raiders, I don't host the Pete Rose show. All of it happened because I was listening to a guy like Mike North, Hacksaw, Jim Rome, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, all the guys who came before me and built the business model 
to get into sports talk radio. I never wanted to get into sports talk radio to be heard. I could care less. I wanted to get in and make money. I wanted to have a career. I wanted to have a business. I didn't want to walk around with khaki shorts and a hat on backwards into my 50s. It was always a business model to get in, and a lot of those guys set the tone because they made a lot of money. They were very good, and they were all grinders, and one of the biggest ones was that guy, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. If you want to get through before the top of the hour, before I'm done, I used to say before I go home, but now I am home. Bobby and I, vaccines need to come quickly so Bobby and I could work together in the same studio. God, Bobby, how long's it been? When was the last time we did a show together right across from each other? How many months ago? Jeez, thinking about it. I, Halloween? Yeah. Maybe even longer than that? Yeah. It's, it's been, been a long a time, while. yeah. It has been a while. We got to get back to some normality. Hey, tonight we have March Madness. USC, UCLA is playing. I like Gonzaga and Michigan, the favorite here, but these Pac-12 schools have been winning. Could there be an upset in the making? We'll talk about that, the schedule coming up a little bit later on tonight. And if you want to get through and congratulate Colt Miller, I got about 15 minutes left. Nice that he's locked up. Nice that he, what about Derek Carr in an extension? Don't know. I'm stay in my lane. I don't write check, checks like that. But Derek Carr having a hell of a career, and he just turned 30. So we had good news today in the Raider Nation, and we're talking about it on Raider Nation Radio. Laker Nation, it is Andre Drummond. Hope you guys are all well. I am so, so excited to be here and hopefully get to see you guys in the stands soon. It's a blessing and honor to be here and help this team get back to a championship run again. And stay tuned. It's going to be a good one. Be real good one. Yeah, that's Andre Drummond, newest member of the Lakers, which to me is ridiculous that the Lakers could pick up a guy like that because he was bought out from an inferior team, Cleveland, but... That's that's the perk that the Lakers get, and that's what's going on with the Brooklyn Nets, is that when you're able to act differently than the rest of the league, you know, if you're able to circumvent free agency and the trade deadline and get players past the trade deadline because they want to play for you after you get bought out, that's ridiculous to me. I mean, that is absolutely ridiculous. I think it's a joke. Hey, also, uh, big news today, Manny Pacquiao. We're a big boxing show. Manny's in discussions to return to boxing after nearly two years to fight Terrence Crawford on June 5th. Wow, what a super fight this would be. Now, Manny is well past his prime, and Bud Crawford, I think, is the number one boxer in the world. I think he's better than Canelo. Pound for pound, I have him number one. Pacquiao, 42 years old would be facing ESPN's number one pound-for-pound boxer in a pay-per-view bout in Abu Dhabi. In his last bout in July 2019, Pacquiao was remarkable. He beat Keith Thurman to win the WBA welterweight title, making him a 12-time world champion. Bud Crawford's 33 years old. He's 37-0 with 28 knockouts. And he was the undisputed junior welterweight champ before moving up in the division. So I think he's the best. Now, I don't think Pacquiao can win this fight because Crawford's stronger, younger, better. But Pacquiao, 
deserves that fight. Pacquiao is one of the biggest draws in the history of boxing because Pacquiao delivers the Far East and Asia and all of those viewers that will follow him. Now, this is the type of fight that I would love to see at either. It's too, it's too big for T-Mobile, but this is the type of fight that down the road you would have loved to have seen at Allegiant Stadium, depending on what's happening. So we'll see what happens. This would be June 5th. Uh, too soon probably here in the United States. I don't know what the rules are going to be in Abu Dhabi at that time, but that's a big-time story as we continue. Hey, Vinny Bonsignor is coming up at 4. I'm sure he's going to have a lot on the conference call that he sat in with Roger Goodell. I could not uh, sit in on it because we're hosting the show at this time, but the big takeaway is Roger Goodell expects full stadiums this season as the league has approved a 17-game schedule. Uh, Goodell was speaking to reporters after the first of the two-day virtual meeting and said, quote, all of us in the NFL want to see every one of our fans back. Football is simply not the same without fans, and we expect to have full stadiums this upcoming season. Now, some of those expectations are based on factors beyond the NFL's control, and the league never established an attendance cap while playing during the heart of COVID-19. So they have a little bit more wiggle room to decide to move the numbers. And in some cases, the NFL will need local municipalities to sign off on attendance plans in order to fully open up stadiums. And that could be a big-time problem out west, especially in California, where there are multiple teams. A total of 18 NFL stadiums are in use currently as masks as mass vaccination sites. And to date, 1.5 million shots have been administered in those NFL stadiums, according to the league, which is a big-time story there. All right, here's what we got lined up tonight, March Madness. I don't love it on a Tuesday night. I don't know how you could. Tuesday night basketball just doesn't fit well, but I'll be here for it. It's USC-Gonzaga. That game kicks off at 4.15 our time. And then the late game, which will probably be moved. Last night's late game was moved about 15 minutes because they have to clean and sanitize the court in the bench area after the first game. That'll be UCLA, an 11 seed that came in via winning a play-in game. They're going to take on Michigan. Gonzaga's awesome, but USC's got the Mobleys. UCLA's been playing great, and Michigan's a one seed. We could have Baylor, Gonzaga, Michigan, all one seeds, and the two Houston. Houston's a two-seed. That'd be heavy chalk, but it'd be fun to see. Thanks to Bobby who put the show together. Thanks to all of our guests, including Peter DeBoer, the head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights. If you missed that interview, you can check it out on all the podcasts at lvsportsnetwork.com. I'm on every night, Sunday to Thursday night, 7 to 10 p.m. on Mad Dog Sports Radio on Sirius XM 82. So about a little more than a third of my day is done. We'll see you back tomorrow on Raider Nation Radio. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great day.